Okay, big controversial topic today for some people. Other people are absolutely okay with it. Where do you stand on hugging? Do you like to hug people you don't know? Do you only hug people that you love? Where is it? Why is it? What should you do? So today, my guest is Dr. Stone, and he's going to talk about hugging therapy. And that's an important thing to know because somewhere along the line, things got confused and we went from handshakes to hugging, and now we don't know what to do part of the time, right? So we're going to talk about that. Stay tuned. Welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you're ready to increase your confidence in conversations and conflict, deepen your self-awareness, expand your connectedness, and enrich your relationship with yourself and other humans you care about, and even those you wish you didn't, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's edition of Emotional Savvy. Whoa, we're going to talk about something that I think you love. Don't you love getting a hug? I do. And we're going to talk about someone who really has made an entire career based on hugging recently and sharing hugs and teaching about hugs and all. So interesting, right? And you're going to want to hear about this is not as simple as you think, and it's not as straightforward, and you need to know a few hundred things about it. So listen in with my guest, Dr. Stone, and stay tuned. So welcome to Emotional Savvy. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, as you know, because I hope you've been here before. And if you haven't, I'm so glad you're here now. Today, we're going to be talking about, well, hugging. And that that may be something that you think you know a lot about, but you're going to know a whole lot more about it by the end of our time together today. And I'd like you to welcome Dr. Stone. And he is the Hug Doctor. And you find him at thehugdoctor.com. So welcome to the show, Stone. Thank you so much, Doctor. It's a pleasure to be here. And I want to start off by sending you and all of your listeners the biggest of virtual hugs with lightness and joy. Oh, well, we accept them. I accept them <laughs> my behalf and everyone else's behalf because the envelopment of a hug, of somebody wanting to hug us, is usually a very welcome thing. But for some people, it isn't. So for those people who are thinking, what do you mean you go around hugging people? Don't touch me. What's your first response to that? So consensual hugging or not at all. So it's really important that there's clear and direct communication about whether or not you want to hug, what I call radical transparency, so truth and love. So let, let's say that I asked a stranger, somebody that I connected with and felt like they might want a hug, if they'd like a hug, let's say that they said, yeah, sure. I'm going to take that as a no because I hear in their voice that they're not so sure about it. And I don't want to give anybody a hug that doesn't really want a hug. So, you know, there's lots of reasons why people may be less open to physical touch. 
And it's really important to meet people where they are. There's lots of ways to give a hug without any touch at all. Mm. So, you know, I'm all about going on 21 day hugging journeys. And I tell people all the time, you can go on a 21 day hugging journey without physically touching anyone. Ah, well, now everybody just completely relaxed at that moment. <laughs> now, I don't have to worry about people invading my physical space because, you know, a lot of the people that I work with, they have been damaged by being in close proximity to other humans. Maybe the there's been verbal and emotional abuse for sure, but there also has probably been a little physical abuse or at least threatened abuse physically. And maybe the touching has not always been welcome. You know, when you're in relationship with a relentlessly difficult, toxic person I call a hijackal, when they want intimate contact, they want intimate contact, and they're not very interested in whether you do or not. So when you then start to perceive the whole world as, where am I safe, hugging may become an issue, right? A hundred percent. And it's really important to trust one's instincts and to only hug somebody that you really want to hug. And it's okay, even somebody that you love dearly and you feel like you're in a good relationship with, you're not required to have a hug or physical contact at any point. It's a hug to yourself to set clear boundaries and not to do things that you don't want to do. Well, what do you think about this new kind of convention? It's not so new. In the last 15, 20 years, we've come to this strange place where particularly here in Southern California, where you meet somebody, you've never met them before in your entire life, and there is this total conundrum. Are we going to shake or are we going to hug? And you have to watch for the signals like crazy <laughs> to see what's up. What do you think about that whole convention? I think that it's important to find a space that really works for you. I call a handshake a hand hug. So, I, you know, depending on the interaction that I'm having with someone, I might say, oh, a hand hug. And, you know, it, it might be that if you, it really comes back to, do you want to have a hug with this person? And if so, what type do you choose? And it's all about choice. Well, let's define a hug. What's a hug? So the definition of a hug is, is pretty um, broad in my definition in hug therapy. I define a hug as any positive, healthy, and connective energy that brings acceptance, healing, and peace. Ah, okay. So it's, you know, anything that you do that grounds you, that makes you feel better about you, that's a hug for you, a self-hug, all the things that go with self-care. And then anything that makes you more connected to the people around you is also a hug. Okay, well, that probably put a whole lot of more people at ease <laughs> to think, okay, so now there's even less touching. But I like the connectivity part, somebody might be thinking, because I feel lonely. I feel disconnected. I feel cut off. I feel like nobody really understands or reaches into my world. 
And so your broader definition allows for some true sense there that hugging could be an acceptable part. So talk to me about the delivery system of a hug. Okay, so yeah, on the other end of the continuum of not needing or having to have physical hugs with, you know, anyone that you, you don't want to and having being clear about that, with people in your life that you feel connected to and you trust and you have a healthy relationship with, with people that you want to have a hug or a longer hug with, the cool thing about longer hugs is that after 20 seconds, we think that oxytocin is released. We need a bunch more scientific research on oxytocin. It's not something we completely understand. It's the reason, though, that I advocate for 21-second hugs. So, so when, when that oxytocin is released, it has all these physiological benefits. So it's good for your stress response, your immune system, your sleep patterns, and your blood pressure. So the idea of really slowing down, it's where hugging meets meditation, really. Okay, well, now we're into a whole other piece of the conversation, because when we start talking about the release of oxytocin, then we have to describe some things. And as you were saying, oxytocin makes us feel good. Oxytocin makes us feel um, elevated and relieved and, and connected. And these are very important things. It also helps us have a baby faster. <laughs> Um, it, it has all kinds of things that happen to us in our life. So why would I want to have oxytocin released? Well, how would I be feeling if I needed it? And what would it do for me? So, yeah, I mean, when you're feeling like alone or disconnected, or you're not having the kind of connection in your life that you want to, then it's maybe worth thinking about doing some activities that you've always wanted to do that would feel good to you to do. I'm, I'm talking about like a pottery class. I'm talking about like, you know, dance lessons. I'm talking about being on like a volleyball team, like anything that you want to pursue that would, would be a healthy investment of your time. And then as you're in those activities and you meet people who you may or may not want to have a hand hug with or a longer hug, you begin to feel more connected. I mean, cer certainly even being in a group, like let's say being in a book club, it makes you feel more connected, generally speaking, in the world because you're part of that group. So that's one piece. And then it's the next step to choose to hug other people when that feels right to you. And then people who you really know well and you feel connected to, you might notice like, you know, you might say to them, you know, I really care about you a lot and I love our hugs. And, you know, I listen to this thing, you know, with the hug doctor and Dr. Shaler. And it's like, I want to try a four second hug today. What do you think about that? Like twice as long as we usually do. And they might be like, uh, no, let's stay with what we do. Or they might be like, sure. And that allows for a conversation about being more connected and about how much you care about the other person. Well, that would be a conversation that I would think that would come 
when people are just beginning to feel they may have some safety in a relationship that you would be talking about those things uh, because if I have to negotiate the length of a hug that's telling me that there were some real red flags there right <laughs> well yeah I mean it depends about why you're negotiating it like I, I'm talking more about like let's say that you are in a book club and you have a friend let's just say to keep it simple, like, you know, same sex friend. And you usually have a little hug at the end of the book club, just like it was nice to see you. And I'm saying in the world, we can start to look at having longer hugs with people that we feel safe with, that we feel comfortable with, that we care about. Okay. So it's, it's opening up that conversation to have longer hugs, if, if that's something that you'd like to have. You know, it just sounds weird to me to be talking to somebody in a book club to say, could we hug longer? How do you feel about that? I mean, I think if we have to have that conversation, the answer is probably no. Um, because you kind of have a sense when to let go. I mean, it, it's organic when you're hugging somebody. And if you don't have the ability to read those signals, then you need a little bit of work, right? Um. I would say I look at it a bit differently. Like the, the norm for hugging is usually pretty short, right? Like if you think about guys, the way two guys usually hug, it's like one pat on the back and then we're out. Right. You know, that's like, it's like, and it's, it's cool. It's good for what, it, for, for what it is. I'm not knocking it in and of itself, but it's just like, uh, yeah, we had a hug and now we're done. And, and that's, all, that's all that's happening here is a one pat hug. Yet I have hugs with my friends and, you know, that are, well, like I have one, one video on my website where we had a videographer and I was talking to a scientist friend of mine about having a 21 second hug. And he was open to that idea, even though he's not a big hugger. You can talk to someone during a hug we ended up having a hug for three minutes and 21 seconds. And that wasn't our intention. And then after that, we had a 21 second hug and it felt like that because time is relative in some ways. And it was, it was a really cool experience, but that was, that was right for me and for Lloyd in that situation. And we trusted each other and we were comfortable and we wanted to kind of explore having a longer hug. So I'm kind of like helping people to express what they really want and have that with their friends or their family or people that they meet in a healthy way. And so each instance, it's going to be a little bit different, but I don't think we talk enough about connection and a, and letting other people know how we feel so like another example would be you're you know with someone in your family and they're rushing to work and you're rushing to work or they're rushing to school and the tendency is to be like love you and just kind of like maybe like a little like your hand on their shoulder just a quick and i'm an advocate for slowing down and in that moment, expressing like really how you feel, whether with your words, which is a hug, or with a longer hug. I, I like to think about it pretty existentially. 
we don't know when it's going to be the last hug. So the idea is to really say what you're thinking and feeling to the people that you love and are important in your lives. And, you know, don't take it for granted that there's going to be more hugs. Mm -hmm. With the person in the book club, I totally get where you're coming from. What I'm saying, though, it's like somebody, you know, maybe it makes more sense if it's somebody that you've been in the book club with for a year. Right. And maybe you've had lunch with a couple times and, and you know and you trust each other and you're saying, you know, I really care about you. And one of the ways I'm expressing that is saying I'd like to have a longer hug. If they say no thanks, that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. It's another way of expressing that you care about somebody. Mm -hmm. and, and well, I get it. I absolutely get it. I'll, I'll give you an example from my life. My One of my sons he has a new partner in his life, and I'd never met her or her children. So I went uh, on a trip and went to meet them all. And when I, I was talking with other people that I knew quite well, and they were all kind of gathering in a place far away from where I live. And so I was hugging people, and then my son brought the new woman to meet me. And I just naturally hugged her, and she was like, you know, and... um and it's kind of a family thing, right? I didn't think too much of it, and I wish I had because she was a little awkward with it. And then what really was interesting, and I love this, is that I, I hugged her son, and he was kind of okay with it, but he was young. But here's what I loved. Her daughter, who was about 13, Mm -mm, she wasn't having any of it. She did what my father used to do when I went to hug him. She shook my hand and then she pushed her elbow against her body and made that a barrier. Mm -hmm. Clear, no hugging here. But she had boundaries. And I love that because I was actually feeling a little badly after the interaction that I had not honored the potential of those boundaries because it was all family. Right. And so I was seeing them as just new family and they were seeing themselves as what's up with her. Right. <laughs> so it turned into a very interesting thing. So that's why I'm asking this question and, and to bring these things to light because not everybody has the same hugging protocol in their life. And that's why I asked the question earlier and I'm still interested in your answer why do you think we went to this hug rather than handshake model, even in the business world? What do you think that was about? You know, it's a great question. And, you know, my, ideally it's consensual hugging or not at all. So, you know, and I write about that in my book, Hug Therapy. And it, so ideally you might have said to your son's girlfriend, would you like a hug? And that's, that's always a good question. And after the fact though, we can also communicate in a way to, you know, build and, and clean that up. Like acknowledge it. It didn't feel like you really wanted a hug. I didn't mean to, to yeah. push that. And I, did. and I and, did. And know. that's beautiful. Yeah, we talked about it. And I, I absolutely acknowledged the young woman for saying, good for you. 
that was really cool and I liked seeing that and that showed me that you know who you are and what your boundaries are and you know my bad I didn't ask your mom right I just felt daughter-in-law energy and went and went that way so I just want to tell everybody who's listening that I'm talking with Dr. Stone and he's a psychologist and therapeutic coach completely taken by the power of hugs if you hadn't noticed and the difference that they can make for us individually and in the world. So he's known as the Hug Doctor and you can find him at thehugdoctor.com. He's mentioned his book, Hug Therapy, so there's that. And he says this, and I'll read it to you. The hug is a brilliant tool for knocking down walls within ourselves as well as those that divide us from one another. So these are important uh, conversations that we're having. So this thing about doing business in Southern California, are we going to hug or are we going to handshake, (laughs) is always something that causes one to be very alert. You know, you got to read the signs, what's going on. And so maybe where you live, not you, Dr. Stone, but listener, where you live, you have to know what the conventions are. You have to know whether business is a handshake, business is potentially a hug, uh, more often than not a hug, which seems to be receding here in Southern California. We seem to be getting a little more... um, aware that maybe everybody doesn't hug. Uh, So very, very important. So before we run out of time, I have some questions for you. Now, Virginia Satir had a lot to say about hugs, a number of hugs that we need. What do you think about what she said? So I'm of the mindset that the more hugs, the better, as long as everybody wants to have a hug. So I, I think maybe she said seven hugs a day or something to that effect, or she said 12 hugs a day. So, I mean, it's about quality as much as it's about quantity. And so if you hug yourself, that's a big part of it. You know, it's kind of like to your listeners right now, I would ask, have you hugged yourself today? And what, what, Give them a visual. What do you mean? Because we talked about hand hugs. Right. So that might have been going for a jog this morning. Ah. If you love that, that might be doing yoga. If you love that, that might be painting. That might be anything that you did for yourself today already to help to ground you. That might have been meditation. The self-hug is anything that nurtures and grounds you. So the more that we can do that throughout our workday the better because we're going to be in a better place to deal with the challenges that life presents. Mm -hmm. So that's the self hug piece. Okay. Good to know. Thank you. Thank you. As far as the physical hug piece, you know, it's not like we're going to say, let's get 12 hugs today, no matter what, (laughs) Uh, you know, no, let me just be clear, you know, no hugs from hijackles, you know, like, so that's like, you know, if, you, if you're clear that somebody else is not a healthy person for you to have in your life and you're working on setting those boundaries, you're definitely not going to want to have hugs with people that are not healthy for you. No, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because overcoming your boundaries or overstepping your boundaries by hugging you is a hijackal move. 
like they just want to charm overpower and control you at some level and if of course in the beginning you don't know they're hijackal so you think they're just warm loving charming capturing people captivating maybe uh, but as you get to know them and you start to feel oh, not so comfortable with this energy you may want to hug them less and you know what Virginia Satir actually said was we need four hugs a day for survival eight hugs a day for maintenance and 12 hugs a day for growth right so now you're opening a whole new category of self-hugging that doesn't involve your two arms it involves in kind of self-care and keeping your commitments to yourself right at the same time the more you do that the self-care the more you're in a space to have those other hugs mm -hmm. and i don't want a hijackal to have taken hugs away from you completely which i could totally understand initially having boundaries around touch in general across the board then I could see like taking back the hug though, not with the hijackal, with other people who you trust and feel connected to. So, you know, how many hugs you have in a day is gonna be very specific to that person. Right. And their life experience and... Well, I think Virginia Satir's point at the time when she was writing all these things, they were very new. And we weren't in a hugging culture. We weren't sort of, uh, oh, I just met you and now I have to hug you because that's what we're doing these days. So she was suggesting that the whole idea of touch was important to our growth, to have our, our skin stimulated, to feel connection and closeness. And oh. I think those are very important things. But I have lots of big questions. So tell us what a 21-day hugging journey is. So that's when you commit and you can do that. You know, there's, there's no reason to overthink it. Like my book comes out September 15th and I'm getting a big group of, of people to go on 21 day journeys. It's basically, so that's just a few days from now, you know, from when this airs, it may be different, but you can, you can jump into that anytime that you have an area of your life you want to hug. So I'm expanding it even more here. Like you can hug your finances. You can hug your fitness. You can hug your family, like more generally speaking. And so then you set an intention in place for those 21 days to bring that acceptance, healing, and peace in that area. Hmm. And the cool thing is you do it with a hugging accountability buddy. So you have somebody else who's on the 21 days with you and you, together you have like different focuses, you help to keep each other accountable. You're also more open to having hugs with people in your world if you have it in your language, like I'm on day four of my 21 day hugging journey. Would you like a hug? Or you do something nice for somebody and you're like realizing that that was a hug. Mm -hmm. so, you know, One of the things about a hug and kind of the definition of a hug is you can't give a hug without getting a hug. So it's like a healthy hug, both people or groups involved, right? Like two different organizations could hug each other. Like Google could hug Facebook if they're like both doing something positive for each other. That's the definition of a hug. Mm -hmm. So it's that 
you know, win-win, I guess, would be the sort right. of... Right, but haven't you had the experience, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute, haven't Please. you had the experience of hugging somebody and they go, and they just put their arms down by their sides and they're just like a dead weight and you hug them and you think, why am I doing this? Um, that That's not something that hugs you back. <laughs> A hundred percent. And so as soon as that happens, like as soon as you notice that, stop the hug immediately. Just in the same way that the other person can say to you, like, so if I was having a 20, if you said, you know, you wanted to have a longer hug, I would say to you during the beginning of the hug, we can stop this at any time that you want to. And then I would say, take some deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth, and we would relax into the hug. And then if like five seconds in, you say, okay, Stone, that's enough. Then that would stop right then. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really about being aware. If that person really doesn't want the hug, to to step back and to not have the hug. I I I think all these concerns are very important, and it's very important that we're focused on consensual and we're very you know aware of you know the Me Too movement and taking it like super seriously, Mm -hmm. and. I don't want us to not have hugs, healthy hugs, with our friends or our families or people who we work with that we want to have a hug with because of the shoulds of we have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. Be careful, be aware, don't miss out on the hugs of, you know, this is life. Like, this is our chance to have hugs. And I think Virginia Satir was on the right track with there is growth involved and there is health involved. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what comes to mind, of course, are my clients and I have clients all over the world um, and they've had, they've experienced abuse and right. whether there's, and it's created a lack of safety, no matter what kind of abuse it was, verbal, physical, sexual, financial, spiritual, emotional, it's created an uncertainty. It's created a, Ooh, am I safe with you kind of feeling or is the world if you've had yeah. too much of it is the world a safe place and to maybe even entertain the idea of allowing someone you don't know really well to hug you might be very difficult so in a therapeutic situation how would you introduce the idea of hugging being safe and would you ever hug a client So I focus more on therapeutic coaching now. So I'm more away from like traditional therapy. And the way I introduce it is, you know, with with radical transparency, I mean, which is expressing like, you know, would you like a hug or I'd like to give you a hug? It's not about, you know, I definitely wouldn't want to give anyone a hug any sooner than they would want a hug. And... I'm very aware of like the grieving process, different things that people are dealing with. So oftentimes, you know, in, in therapy, it, I would err towards the side of not hugging people or expressing like with my words, you know, how meaningful the work that they're doing is and, and giving the, uh, them the acknowledgement of the, the hug with my words. So if there's, if there's, if there's any concern or doubt that the hug is going to do damage or set somebody back, then it doesn't make any sense. Not healthy in that setting to have a hug. 
it's much more of a focus on the self hug. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Because that the whole idea of the self hug and that idea that, you know, I, I can take care of myself and I am taking care of myself. Here's how I take care of myself. Here's what it looks like in reality. And then extending it to your 21 day hugging journey where you have an accountability partner to say, yes, I did. Or no, I didn't, and I need a little. I need a little cheerleading right now, or whatever we need. Exactly. Yeah. So and, the- and in the space of a hug, right? Like, let's say that you said that you're going to do pottery for 21 days because you've always wanted to do pottery, but you haven't. And then on day three, it doesn't happen. It's not about beating yourself up. I can't believe I didn't do that. Just noticing that you missed that day, and that's okay. And getting a plan for being on track for the next day. Right. And that's really the space, the therapeutic space that we want to be in, in general with our lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because anytime that we're into the self-flagellation mode, the beating ourselves up for not doing what we said we were going to do when the promises to ourselves is a learning journey, I think, because we're learning to say, no, that really is important to me. Now let me have a little think. What did I put in front of that? Or what did I put ahead of that? And I need to think that through. Is that still okay with me? It may be okay with you. Maybe your friend had a crisis and you couldn't go to pottery. And yeah. your priorities and your values showed up and you said, no, i got to go to that friend, not to pottery. But to think it through. To actually have the conversation with yourself, not immediately, oh, I know I promised to go to pottery every day and now I didn't go and, you know, I'm going to have to start all over again the 21 days. No, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, say, okay, let's have a little chat. It probably, there was a reason it didn't happen. Let me figure out the reason. Is that an okay reason? Would I like to use it again? Is it all right with me? And then proceed, right? A hundred percent. And so like... Yeah, on my website, I have a hugging life snapshot. So you can take it at the beginning of the 21-day journey. You rate all the domains of your life. And then you take it again at the end. So you can look at the progress that you've made or if there's been any change in those areas. You know, like let's say you're hugging your finances and you say, I'm going to save an extra 10 or $20 each day. And so you rate your finances as like a four on a one to seven scale. Then at the end of those 21 days, you look at it and you say, I feel pretty good about what I accomplished. I saved this much money or, and then, you know, it's not like you go on one 21 day hugging journey and then that's, that's it. You're done. It it builds, right? So you could also do a 21 day hugging journey where if you have a, you know, a cause that's near and dear to your heart for 21 days, you could be raising awareness about that cause and raising resources and, you know, I did that with a 5K and um, a group um, that helps people to have homes that are without homes. It's called No Place Like Home. And it's, it's like, that's the energy of this, is the hugs at different levels kind of like dropping a pebble in a pond and it like, you know, all those different, that's the idea behind it. And it all starts with appreciating and really loving ourselves. Yes, and that's just the beautiful place to end 
our conversation about this, that it all starts with appreciating and loving yourself and emanates out from there. Because we all know we can't give a gift we don't have, no matter how much we'd like to give it. And that includes being able to emanate love. So we have to have some and we can create it with this wonderful program. So Dr. Stone, thank you so much for being with me. It's such a pleasure to be with you. And, you know, again, sending you the biggest of hugs, virtual hugs, I know, with lightness and joy and acknowledging you for what you do in the world because it, it really is powerful. Thank you. And hugs back to you because look at the movement you've started. So if you want to know more about Dr. Stone, go to thehugdoctor.com and get his book. It's coming out soon. And by the time you're listening to this broadcast, I'm sure it's out there and available for you. And I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. You've been listening to the Emotional Savvy Show, the Relationship Help Show to help you improve your relationships with yourself and other humans. So in the meantime, if you need more help, come to transformingrelationship.com or drop by my YouTube channel for relationship help, F-O-R relationshiphelp.com. There's even a live stream for you every Monday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific, so you can get in the chat and ask your questions. So go over to YouTube for relationship help and subscribe so that you'll get a notification when that happens. So thanks for being with me today. And remember, hug yourself. Take very good care of yourself. Do you know why? Because you matter. Talk soon. Thanks for being here for today's episode of Emotional Savvy. If you want to deepen your emotional savvy, make shifts in your relationships, and enjoy life and relationships more, work with me, Dr. Roberta Shaler. Get my books, enjoy my courses, or work with me directly. You can do that by visiting forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com, and subscribe to Tips for Relationships now. Don't miss a thing. Be empowered this week with more emotional savvy.